0: Namaste Jai Hind you're watching or listening to the ANI podcast with Smita Prakash thank you for liking or subscribing to the channel and sending in your suggestions in the past couple of years the central agency the enforcement directorate has been under intense scrutiny the opposition leaders say that the enforcement directorate is being used by the bjp to selectively target opposition leaders and thereby subvert democracy The ruling party, on the other hand, says that the Narendra Modi government is out on a cleaning spree ridding India of corruption. My guest today is an Indian police service officer who retired as the chief of enforcement directorate in 2018. In his 34 years in the police, Karnal Singh has led many investigations, counter-terror investigations and anti-money laundering operations. During his tenure as Director of Enforcement Directorate, he also held an additional charge as Director of the Financial Investigation Unit of India and contributed to the preparation of the Draft Fugitive Economic Offenders Act. Mr. Karnal Singh also spearheaded the Bartla House operations. What is Bartla House operation? Here's a short primer. The Batla House encounter case happened on September 2008 in New Delhi when an armed unit of the Delhi police went in to arrest terrorists of the Indian Mujahideen who were hiding in a flat in Batla House. Two terrorists were killed, but it also resulted in the death of a police officer, Mohan Chand. Thank you, sir, for coming to the podcast and being part of uh, this conversation. Uh, We have many things to talk about, including your book. Um, But uh, like, Enforcement directorate part of your uh, career was the second half mein baat karte pehle toh, Let's talk about the case Which has which um, you know captured the imagination Of the public Which is the Batla House case um, And uh, I want to talk about The Atik Ahmed case also But Batla House pehle karte ho, ne streaming pe dekha bhi hua hai. It was such an important case So um, let's start with that As to what happened that day uh, and how it changed investigation? How did it change, um, you know, operations uh, in Delhi Police?
1: See, Delhi Police Special Cell uh, is is one of the best in investigation. Okay, particularly related to terrorism and even tracing the dreaded criminals. Hmm. There had been blasts accepted by the Indian Mujahideen. Which was not known what is Indian Mujahideen by that time. Hmm. Starting from 2005, in between, some people were caught. But the people who were caught hmm. by some police teams, they were basically the people who had provided logistics.
0: Achha, operation terrorists nahi the.
1: Operational terrorists were not there. Hmm. So, first lead came from Gujarat. In July 2008, they were blasted in Gujarat. And Gujarat police arrested some of the Simi people. They, they had provided logistics. And actual operators had used four phones. Hmm. These phones were given to every team, into, including the intelligence agencies and other police forces. We had one of the ACE inspector, Mohanchan Sharma, who got these numbers, and who started investigating? Now, one more input was there that one of the phone number had come to Delhi and stayed in somewhere in the Batalaous area. Hmm. In Okla. In Okla.
0: It's a densely populated area. So, for our viewers and listeners who don't know about it, this is a very densely populated area. So, I guess policing these areas are also is also a task, a difficult yeah, task.
1: It is a difficult, it is so densely populated. If any police officer moves in that area, they, he will immediately be spotted. Gee. And it's really difficult.
2: Hmm.
1: So, Bhanchan Sharma was able to trace one number. Now, how he traced one number is there was one call on out of these four, four numbers from Mumbai, the record was showing it is a one second call. Hmm. One second call comes only when the call comes and you cut it. It is not a missed call. Hmm. It is not accepted call, but it, it is not accepted call. Hmm. So most of the police thought that uh, it was a, just a chance call and they did not bother about that. But hmm. Mohanchan Sharma followed it. Hmm. Now this phone belonged to basically Lucknow. Hmm. It had never gone to Gujarat. So what he did is, he tried to find out whether this number is in connect, connected with any number in Delhi. So we got one number. And he started working on this number. Then on 18th September 2008,
2: 2008
1: hmm. Intelligence Bureau gave an input that Mumbai police has arrested a thief. That thief had provided four vehicles to terrorists. Now he located the house in Gujarat. And he also told that the people who had caused the blasts, they had gone on the same day, that is on 26th July 2008, by Rajdhani Express to Delhi. Now, this was a crucial information which came on 18th September. And we started working on it. There were various possibilities to work on it. Like, who, who all people have travelled from Ahmedabad to Delhi at that time. But mm. what we did is, we, we tried to find out if there are any reservations done from Delhi, hmm. and return reservation for 26 hmm. July, so we found there were 13 people. Okay. And who had got the reservation from Nijamuddin Railway Station?
0: So you knew that there's a big plot or yeah. big uh, thing which is going to happen. Yeah. Huh. How so, much time has gone now between the investigation
1: of the first lead and this? See, firstly, it was of the telephone numbers, ha, ha. which which came somewhere in August. Okay. But that telephone number, the the, the person was not talking much sense, which indicates so that he is involved in terrorism.
0: That it's a big thing. We were talking about the uh, 15 numbers.
1: We were hmm. talking about the 13 people 13. who had travelled from Ahmedabad hmm. to Delhi hmm. on the day of blast in hmm. Gujarat, hmm. in Ahmedabad. Hmm. So we found that there were 13 reservations actually hmm. done from Nijambuddin Railway Station
2: hmm.
1: for written reservation. And then we found all these numbers were not belonging to these people. Hmm. Addresses were fake, wrong addresses. So then I made a query to Mohanchan Sharma, you tell me whether the number which we were following, whether that was at Nizamuddin Nijambuddin Railway Station at the time of reservation done. So we found yes. He was present at the time of reservation. Then we started exploring all the numbers connected with this number. And then to our surprise, there was a 13th May, there were blasts in Jaipur. These numbers were, all these numbers were not working, were on silent or you can say not working, in the sense that there was no calls during Mm -hmm. that period. Then we also found that during the Gujarat blast also these numbers were off. And in Delhi blast also, these numbers were off. That gives a lot of suspicion.
0: Why? If it's off, then why suspicion? Why
1: they are off on the particular time? On the, on the blast when it took place in Jaipur, on the blast when they took place in Gujarat, and the blast when it took place in Delhi, these numbers, there were no calls to these numbers or from, to, from these numbers.
0: Radio silence means that they were doing something at that time.
1: That means they might be doing something. There was suspicion. I would not say we were sure, but there was a suspicion on on them.
0: Okay.
1: So, we started tracing them. Hmm. And then found that L18 Batla House, Hmm. on the fourth floor, we could trace. The person stays there, one person out Hmm. of those. So we decided this information we confirmed at night on 18th, 19th night. So there was debate whether we should search now or we should search in the morning. Because uh, uh, that time Ramjan month was going on and generally these people at night roam around and they may not be at home. So we decided that the team will go in the morning. Hmm. So the first team which went there it was led by monchan sharma hmm. so they wanted to first confirm if there is anybody inside or not so one person was in the form of in the uniform of vodafone of representative
0: acha it wasn't an open uh, thing they went as a uh, khufia
1: they went as khufia in the beginning but no. if there was a possibility of somebody inside then the team will go inside oh. and try to interrogate and find out about those people
0: so it wasn't an ambush that day no, it was not. It wasn't planned to be?
1: No, okay. not at all. And another criteria was, when the team is going there, in the highly congested area, if they go with the police uniform or if they go with a bulletproof jacket, because bulletproof jackets you have to wear outside.
2: Hmm.
1: Everybody can see it. And suppose they are not there. You come out. You will be spotted. People will know that police had come to this particular house. And they, they will vanish hmm. with that information. So, team decided not to wear the bulletproof jacket.
0: Which later was criticized. Which later was,
1: it, it, it was a deliberate decision by Monchan Sharma. And uh, then team went there, seven member team went there. Uh, this Vodafone person, he found uh, that there are people inside. Then the whole team went, it was on the fourth floor. They knocked at the door. Declaring themselves to the police, the door did not open. The voices became silent inside. But then they found there is a side door. So, side door was open actually. Later on, we found that while it was open, one of the boys had gone for taking an exam. And he went by the side door. Oh. So, as soon as they entered, the people inside were prepared. They started firing on them.
0: How do you think they knew? How were they prepared? Because
1: police has already they, they have already declared the police. Oh, open but why, the door.
0: If they went as Vodafone, they should have just said Vodafone. Why did they say see, police? See Vodafone
1: are... person only confirmed. Then ah. you are asking people to open the door. And you have to disclose your identity, who you are. See if the normal person, he will open the door. Hmm. But here it see at by that time we were not knowing that they are terrorists or not terrorists.
0: Oh, okay. See, or they the, were armed or not. Uh, they okay. are
1: suspicion. Huh. Ah. Suspicion may not be always true. There had been cases where we had suspicion and ultimately found that these people were not involved. Mm -hmm. So there was firing. An encounter took place. Our team also fired back where two persons died in the encounter. Two persons were able to run away from there and one was caught. The uh, the
0: Indian Mujahideen guys.
1: Yeah. Later Mm -hmm. on when we searched their uh, mobile phones, their laptop, the huge informations were there. And um, the number of songs which were there, they have not come out basically. They were motivational songs. Even anybody listens to that, person will be the motivated to join terrorism. Hmm. And uh, then there were slides they have made. Uh, slides pertaining to what happened in various countries against the Muslims, including what happened in Gujarat and other places.
0: And why the Indian youth should take up arms? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay. And also, the, there were clips indicating uh, the bomb, unexploded bomb in Ahmedabad. What hmm. they put is, they put all the bombs in the shape of I.M. Hmm. And on the back, there was a uh, curtain. On that, it was written, in Gujarati, Indian Mujahideen Ahmedabad. And they took a snap of that. And a video of also that. And this video was available in the record. Hmm. One more record was available, there were four cars which were put, uh, which were placed with the bombs in the hospitals. The purpose was that when the injured comes to the hospitals, their families comes to the hospital, there will be explosions in these cars.
0: Where were the cars located?
1: Cars were located in the hospitals, two in Ahmedabad and two in Surat because they had also planted bombs in Surat but Surat bombs did not explode due to, uh, because on the printed circuit board which they have used one capacitor was missing. So, those bombs in were uh, did not explode actually. It is then we also found that the, cycle, the bomb on the cycle, unexploded bomb on the cycle, which they exploded in Jaipur, they had taken a clip of that also. So, lot of evidences were available in there.
0: This is post encounter though.
1: This is post encounter.
0: Encounter me kya hua? What went wrong?
1: See, encounter is because these people had weapons with them. They fired at the police. What were the weapons? They had the weapons, uh, uh, the small arms they were having. And they had hidden one AK-47 also, which was actually not used, not used. by them. So, it, it, it was the firing from both the sides.
0: What were your weapons?
1: Our weapons were also small arms.
0: Okay. Concealed
1: See, arms. Concealed.
0: Concealed. Okay. Only it is, it is
1: when uh, the... What happened is, uh, when the Mohanchan Sharma got bullet injury and one of other head constable Balwant got the bullet injury, they were shifted to hospital. By that time, there were two terrorists in one of the room. Then the second team reached there, which was with the AK-47 and bulletproof jacket, headed by ACP Sanjeev Yadav. Mm. Now that team entered into the side room in which there were two terrorists. Mm. One was found hidden in the w- bathroom and ad- another... Also fired on our head constable, which got bullet injury on the chest. But since he was wearing bulletproof, he survived because of that. And this second uh, terrorist who was uh, who died, he was in that particular room.
0: Mm-hmm. What were the learning experience? Firstly, I think this encounter also uh, it broke the back of Indian Mujahideen to a large extent. It was a very turning point event uh, in that. Ek to wo about that, and the second one was that. Uh, was it significant as far as investigation is concerned? These two points.
1: See, one is the investigation was excellent mm. in the sense that you were able to, we were able to trace ultimately the Indian Mujahideen, which all the police forces were looking. Second, it indicates the cooperation between Till police then, forces. I think there
0: was also this doubt that what is it? Does it even exist, Indian Mujahideen?
1: See, doubt was that some of the people floated the idea that Indian Mujahideen is nothing but simi. Mm. You cut S of mm. the Simi and I of the last of the Simi and it becomes Indian Mujahideen. Mm. Simi gives the logistic support only in the case of Gujarat blasts. Before that, it, it was Huji of Bangladesh which was giving support. Mm. Those people were caught by UP police.
2: Mm.
1: After they were caught by UP police, they, they took help of Simi. And these people, interestingly, I was reading one of the interrogation before these people were caught of Gujarat police. So they were saying that these boys were different; they are clean-shaved.
0: The Indian Mujahideen. Indian
1: Mujahideen. They speak uh, proper English also.
0: As compared to Huji.
1: As compared to Huji, as compared to Simi were again well educated people, but they were. Having different types of, so they wear pants and shirt, they were oh. talking about the Indian mujahideen people like that mm-hmm. so difference between the, the the if I say Indian mujahideen and the simi or the huji people or other terrorist group is that uh, these Indian mujahideen person they were educated in the modern education modern education
0: and they were self-radicalized
1: they were not i would not say self-radicalized. See, it it, it started with basically Tihar Jail. There were three people in Tihar. One was a kidnapper, Dinesh Thakur.
2: Hmm.
1: Another was a person who was seeking to become a terrorist,
2: Hmm.
1: Uh, Asif Raja Khan. And third was a terrorist, Omar, Hmm. who later on convicted in Pakistan. These were the three people who met in the Dihar Jail. They exchanged ideas and became friends. After coming out, Dinesh Thakur and Asif Raja Khan formed a kidnapper group and a terrorist group. (laughs) And they were collecting money for terrorism through kidnapping.
0: So it was just an extortion thing. It was not religious-based initially.
1: Initially, it was extortion, extortion, extortion. But extortion for the purpose of ah,
2: okay.
1: using it for terrorism. Okay, Then Asif Raja Khan and uh, Dinesh Thakur, they, they even went to Pakistan, had discussions with the terrorists. And like uh, the terrorist organizations there, uh, the Lashkar-e
0: Sir, Dinesh Thakur was thi. to why would Dinesh Thakur's group uh, be involved in terrorism-related activities?
1: See, it was not basically Dinesh Thakur, but Dinesh Thakur group had one person named Afta Bansari. Hmm. Now, this Afta Bansari was caught by Delhi police. So, Afta Bansari has the gang of Dinesh Thakur with him, Hmm. which was a gang of kidnappers. Now, when Afta Bansari went to the jail, he met one person, Asif Raja Khan. Hmm. Now, Asif Raja Khan was a strange personality from Calcutta. He wanted to join terrorism and in that pursuit, he went twice to Kashmir, met terrorists there, took training also.
0: You're talking about the 80s now? 1980s?
1: I'm talking of... uh, 90s. 90s.
0: 90s. Okay.
1: Then he went to Bangladesh also. He wanted to attend a training camp in POK, Park Occupied Kashmir. He could not go, but in, in, in that process, he was caught by Delhi police. He was in jail. Hmm. There was another person, Omar, who was from uh, Al-Qaeda and who, who also joined lashkar e
0: Omar was in Delhi?
1: Haan, Delhi jail. So he, How did
0: he join Al-Qaeda? He, 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 he
1: was previously in Al-Qaeda. Hmm. He was a student of London School of Economics also.
0: Shah Bash. Okay.
1: So he was sent to India to get certain terrorists out from the jail. The plan was to kidnap certain foreigners, so he kidnapped some UK persons and US persons. What he did is, he posed himself to be having some land in a village and told those people that we will go there. Huh. He became friendly with them. So few of them were taken to the village and I think one person was kept in Gajabad in one house. What what happened is, Gajevad police was trying to locate a thief and in that process, they went to that house. Uh. There was an encounter in which one policeman also died. The, the foreigner was rescued. Hmm. Then there was a raid in the village where other foreigners were rescued. Uh, this Omar was caught there. Hmm. And he was kept in the Tihar Jail. So in Tihar Jail, these three people met, one is a terrorist, one is who wanted to be a terrorist, and one is a kidnapper,
2: Hmm.
1: or a person belonging to the gang of kidnappers. They found a common cause. They they found a common cause. And then after they got released, Omar went to Pakistan and these two people went to Calcutta, where they started doing kidnapping for ransom. And they collected huge money out of that kidnapping for ransom and they started using it for terrorist purposes. Both of them went to Pakistan. And they met the terrorist organizations there. How did they go
0: to Pakistan, come back from Pakistan? See,
1: at that time, they were going to Bangladesh first. Bangladesh, there was an organization called Huji, which is a terrorist organization. They will arrange a Bangladesh passport for them. Okay. And in that, they will go to Pakistan, hmm. and they return through Bangladesh only.
0: Because it's a porous border.
1: Yes. No. They were they were going by flight.
0: Oh.
1: From India, it was a nee, porous border. But to border.
0: come f- from Bangladesh, enter yeah, it, into it, it, India,
1: it, it is a porous border.
0: And plus, if they have a Bangladesh passport, कौन रोकेगा उने?
1: while coming back, they had Indian. Indian. But for for going from Bangladesh to Pakistan, they had a Bangladesh passport. Okay. And they, they got a good support from the, this or, the terrorist organization called HUJI, which was banned in 2006 in, okay. in Bangladesh. Okay. So that, that was the process. So yeah. they went to, from Bangladesh they went to Pakistan and they met the terrorist organization, Lashkar-e-Taiba, as well as jaish e And then they, they, there was a pact hmm. that they will help these organizations to ha- install resident agent in India. Okay. And this process is started.
0: All these sleeper cells which were put in?
1: There's a lot of people started coming people. to India.
0: JEM, trained by yeah, JEM. T-
1: trained by them. And they started settling at different places. Okay. But some of them was, were caught by Delhi police first and then by through intelligence agencies at other places also.
0: So during the Batla House encounter, did you find any addresses and all that of these uh, sleeper cells?
1: No, not sleeper cells, but we found the addresses of the Indian Mujahideen people. Indian Mujahideen. Yeah. I see. Now, what happened is Asif Raja Khan was killed hmm. in India by uh, in an encounter. Hmm. So after that, this Avtar Bansari and his younger uh, Asif Raja Khan younger brother Amir Raja Khan
2: hmm.
1: they joined hands and they wanted to take re- revenge. Avtar had gone to Saudi Arabia. Hmm. Now from there he planned and the resident agents which were there in India in hajari Bagh, he used them and some of the indians he used them
2: hmm.
1: one was a sadiq who had been sent for training and these all these people who were sent for training by uh, later on by amir raja khan and initially by asif raja khan were through bangladesh hmm. they will motivate people they will send to bangladesh and from bangladesh they will send to pakistan for training now, they had attack on the American Centre. Hmm. After they had attack on the American Centre. In after, Calcutta? In Calcutta. Hmm. Afta Bansari was caught. Hmm. And after the Afta Bansari was caught, he is in the Calcutta jail. Uh, the, hanging has been awarded to him. But it has hmm. not, not been executed till now. For a long period, it is pending. Then amir Raja Khan formed the whole Indian Mujahideen group. Hmm. One, one module was from... Ajangad. Another module was from Pune. Hmm. So these two modules were working together. So that, that's how Indian Mujahideen was found.
0: Right. So their training was done in Pakistan? Uh, in weapons training, uh, in radicalization, tapes, banana music, all this was done in Pakistan? No. See, or was it done in India also? See, if
1: you take Asif Rajah Khan, huh. he was self-motivated. Ah. And twice he went to Kashmir to take training. He met terrorists there. He took weapon training also there. But he wanted to go to the camps of Pakistan. Okay. Somehow he was not able to go.
2: Hmm.
1: And then he was caught by police in one of the case hmm. in which he was in jail. Hmm. Actually, after Bansari, hmm. I caught personally Okay. before that. How? See, Dinesh Thakur was demanding money hmm. from a businessman in Delhi
2: hmm.
1: who came to meet me. I was at that time DCP Northwest. So I put a team of uh, ACP Ravishankar hmm. on that job. In the process of catching him, encounter took place with him. Hmm. So it was in the Ashok market.
2: Hmm.
1: And Ashok market is just, uh, I think, around 25 or 50 feet away from my office. So when an encounter was taking place, I personally went there. Hmm. So the shopkeepers indicated somebody is running away. Hmm. So I chased him. And I caught him in the by lanes. Were you armed? No, I was not armed. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, <laughs> uh-huh. so this Bansari took out his ID card. Said uh, that he is a journalist.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: That's nice. Uh, by that time, some police people also mm. reached there. Th- then uh, he was searched. Pistol mm. was found from him. Okay. So that's how he was caught.
0: Also, it <laughs> gives me an uh, insight as to why the Delhi police is always looking at us with suspicion. Ki journalist hai to fir that's a side I think so that I'm talking. So
1: this Aftab Ansari mm. had had a gang of Dinesh Thakur with him. Ha,
0: ha, okay.
1: Most of them were Hindus. Mm. They were doing kidnapping for mm-hmm. ransom.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The money was collected by Aftabansari. Mm-hmm. Some part given to them mm-hmm. and the other part was used for the terrorist purposes. Okay. Asif Rajah Khan was handling the, their terrorist module
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he was motivating people.
0: And this is still only Delhi-based, Abhi? No, it
1: was Calcutta-based.
0: Calcutta-based.
1: Yeah. They, they had their base in Calcutta.
0: So, as Delhi police, now you are interacting to catch all these Indian Mujahideen people. You have to interact with Gujarat police, Uttar Pradesh, uh, West Bengal, Kashmir, because Indian Mujahideen's operations are pan-India. Yes. So, is the co- was the cooperation good in catching
1: them? See, in the terrorist-related cases, uh, cases, cooperation is done through These Central Intelligence Agencies. And it is excellent coordination. That I told you that in the case of Indian Mujahideen, we got inputs like from Gujarat Police. We got inputs from the Bombay Police. And those inputs were further developed. And that's how the Delhi Police was able to reach at the proper site.
0: But you'd also need uh, uh, IB and RAW because there's Pakistan involved also?
1: See, it is as far as India is concerned, it is Intelligence Bureau. Hmm. And if any information comes through raw, it comes to the… To IB. To to IB and through IB it comes to To the… Police. Police. Okay.
0: So now uh, tell me about… Because of Batla House, if you remember, there was a lot of talk about political uh, interference at that time. Uh, So what was the pressure? Did you get an open check in they were taken Or was there political interference also?
1: No, I will not say political interference before they were caught. Hmm. Or they were… Two of them were killed in encounter. But elections were coming in five states in November 2008. And there were national elections in 2009. So there were certain vested interest people. They were talking of religion. They were talking about these people are of particular religion. At, at one place I told, somebody told me, he, they were Muslims. The police people were Hindus, so I told that they were not Muslims, they were terrorists and we are not Hindus, we are in police uniform, we are policemen and our allegiance is to the constitution when we are in uniform and therefore we were catching terrorists, it's not a question of religion, anybody who is involved in terrorism, anybody who is doing the blasts would be caught. Hmm. But uh, there were people, like uh, on, on one hand, Amar Singh gave certain contribution to Maya Sharma, wife of Manchan Sharma. On the other side, he, he told about that it is a fake encounter. Mamta Energy, she came to the Okhla area. And in a public meeting, she was talking against Delhi police. I, I think it, it, it is a vote bank politics and which should be avoided as far as terrorism is concerned. Hmm. There should be a policy on terrorism, national policy on terrorism. Anybody speaking against the action, against the terrorists, should he speak only after he got the evidences that something was wrong. Hmm. It is not just you go to the public and say. And when politicians talk to the public in that manner, the public get impressions. Hmm. Because they believe in their politicians. And that, that, that is a very sad state of affair.
0: I also want to ask you then how do you keep uh, your force motivated? Because when politicians say this in public meetings, uh, say even in the Okla area, you've got to operate there, right? It's not a no go zone. You have to operate. And if the people think that, uh, you know, if the people get the impression that it was a fake encounter, how do you go back to the area and police the area?
1: See, there are difficulties, I I admit. If the people create wrong impressions, Mm. wrong messages are given. Mm. There was even, there was one public meeting held, you can say public trial held by some of the people from Delhi University, people from legal fraternity, where they had the public trial. And without evidences, they were making aspersions on police. They brought out one paper also. Then there were certain politicians speaking about it. Hmm. Then there were certain news reports which cooked up the stories.
2: Hmm.
1: Like once had somebody saw from a building adjoining this building, L18 Bartlau's, what is happening. Now, the building adjoining this uh, L18 Bartlau's are two-story buildings. This is four-story buildings. Hmm. Encounter took place on the fourth story. How will you see from the second story inside the house what is happening? Hmm. I have seen such type of stories Hmm. at that time.
0: Hmm. Media reports you mean?
1: Uh, Media reports. Because Hmm. the fantasy of the people, what could have happened?
0: So it could also be planted reports.
1: It it could be planted reports. I agree with that.
0: Asha, I also want to ask you, uh, which I was telling you about that, how do you keep your force motivated? uh, See, there,
1: there were two factors in this about the motivation. Mm. First was the, the death of Mohanchan Sharma. Mm. Now the whole team of the Spatial Cell is a very cohesive team. Mm. They work case after case together. They have emotional attachment. The first thing was after his death, how the, how the team would start investigating further. Mm. And if you don't investigate further, you lose leads. So, I had to talk to them, made them convinced that if Mohanchan Sharma would have been alive, he would have asked the same questions to you that work hard, follow the leads. Hmm. And so, I left some some people, some police officers in the hospital and remaining had to be put on the job of further investigation. And I set myself for the inter- interrogation so that the team is working on that. So, and second was sir. second was the issue of these reports, hmm. we worked hard for that. Like I, I met uh, Mr. Kapil Sib, he, he called me. I met Jamia Millia's VC who was talking in favor of terrorists at that time. We met various people to explain and show them the evidences. Hmm. Then at one occasion, I remember my team members come and they said, Sir, for doing a work for the nation, will they hang us? So you have to bring out the fears of such people, you have to console them that nothing will happen, Hmm. we'll work hard and we'll be able to catch more terrorists Hmm. and of course with that information which we shared with other agencies, they also arrested, Bombay police arrested some of them, Gujarat police, UP police and Delhi police further also arrested some of them so that at the end the whole Indian Mujahideen module vanished from India. That, yeah. that, that was the biggest work I, I can say about that.
0: Hmm. So, Atik Ahmed, let me talk about that. <laughs> special cell, mein the aap. so tell us about that. What happened there?
1: See, Atik Ahmed, about some information had come hmm. to one of the officers, hmm. and then the team caught him. And when he heard the name of special cell, hmm. the team told me that uh, his pet loon was wet because of fear, perhaps he got so he his.
0: wasn't that dreaded. See, Special cell ke naam say. Se. See, I have not
1: found any criminal to be very, very tired. Okay. We have handled large number of the top criminals of the country. Hmm. The scare is created by giving them big names by in the newspaper or something.
0: Ha, ha, the media uh, thing.
1: Media and other people.
0: Ha, make them larger than life, henna? Secondly,
1: when they become larger than life, the people don't do not come to give evidence against them they are afraid mm. see i'll tell you we caught one rajan tiwari he was from bihar uh, in ninety nineteen ninety nine 1999 mm. or 98 and it was on the information provided by cbi they provided the phone number that it would be the phone number of rajan tiwari and they were suspecting him to be involved in some some of the important murders in bihar so we caught him in delhi And he was involved in a large number of cases. The other day in uh, 2000, I think 17 or something, I went to give evidence against him. Hmm. So I found, I went to, sat in the court, in the front row. Hmm. I found one man sitting behind me in a white spot, Kurta Pajama. He said, Namaste, sir. (laughs) Namaste, I thought some Nita would be there. Hmm. Of course, he had become minister after we caught him. Tiwari? Yeah, in Bihar.
0: Okay. So, Haan, Talking about political nexus with Mafia, they became politicians. Yes. Then what do
1: you do? So, I said, Namaste. And he said, Sir, you have a Oh, God. But so I then looked back him and found he is Rajan Tiwari. Oh, my
0: goodness.
1: So, oh, then God. I found nobody gave witness in other cases against him. Hmm. And he had been acqui- acquitted in the cases where He killed one of the minister of VR in the hospital. Hmm. So the problem is they become dreaded. People don't come to give evidence against them.
0: The criminal justice system is completely broken in the country. If this is what happens, that no witnesses comes, they forget about going to jail, they become politicians and leaders, they become your bosses. Sometimes. (laughs) And then your transfers (laughs) and postings happen.
1: I, I remember in Goa, I had got arrested one person named Babush. Hmm. And thereafter, there were elections. He contested election and he became a minister.
0: So, You have to kill you And you know he's a criminal.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: and you still will have to salute him and call him sir. Uh,
1: that is absolutely. <laughs>
0: so, you tell me, what is the solution? How is one's... The, everybody talks about uh, police reforms what about the criminal justice system
1: see we, we require faster trial hmm. that's the only solution we require more magistrates hmm. we require system where advocates are not able to take time again and again see many of them what do is
0: the tarik pe tarik pe tarik yeah,
1: many of them what they, they do is if the witness has come hmm. they will not appear in the court and say send their junior
2: hmm.
1: and say that today he is busy in some other court hmm. Now, this system has to be changed properly. Uh, I I know the case, uh, one police officer came from UK. He was collecting some evidence in India. I I asked him, how is your process? He says, dates have been fixed. What what they do in UK is, they ask both the advocates, whatever evidences you have to bring, defense lawyer, as well as the prosecution lawyer, you bring in these three days. Hmm. And you tell us, which three days you both of you are free both these sides of the Advocates, they fix those dates and the trial is completed in those three days.
0: Mm. Yeah, pay
1: date pay date? Yeah, there is always date. I, I remember in one case, uh, it was a case of anti-corruption which I caught in 87. So, uh, first date came in somewhere in 1988. We had the public witness, they were very happy to go to the court. I was also there to go to the court. And then the defense advocate said, I am not prepared. And thereafter, from 1988, I appeared in this case in 2007. Oh my God. I was called in 2007, other witnesses would have been called.
0: Out of sheer exhaustion, the witnesses will turn hostile. No,
1: those, the public witnesses were abusing me <laughs> later.
0: Yeah. They'll so, either die or they'll just lose interest and, and it's too much. And by 2000,
1: 2007, the main accused had died.
0: Like we're seeing in the 84 cases, Delhi riots cases, chali jaare, chali jaare, nothing happens. Right. So many of those cases. Anyway, now that you brought the financial issue, let me talk about the enforcement directorate, uh, uh, which you headed. Um, this, uh, the PMLA, the Supreme court has uh, upheld the powers of the ED uh, with regard to PMLA, the prevention of money laundering act. Uh, and, uh, the opposition claims that it is being used against opposition leaders and subversion of democracy happens as a result of that. There is no transparency in the way ED uh, operates. What is your view about it?
1: See, all those people who have been caught or, or are being searched, they are involved in certain criminal cases which are not registered by ED. See, the the PMLA works like this. There, there is three schedules in PMLA Act. Now, they have number of statutes. They have 30 acts consisting of around 160 sections. Hmm. Now, if any case has been registered by some other agency, not ED, hmm. in that, for example, if it is a case of corruption, the case registered by CBI hmm. or case registered by anti-corruption branch of the state, hmm. if they are investigating the case after registration, only then ED can come, come to play. So ED cannot take up money laundering case without any predicate offence. Mm. Supreme Court has also said very clearly, if there is no predicate offence, there is no money laundering offence in the Madanlal case. So all these people who have been searched, who have been raided, they are certainly involved in certain cases, which we say predicate offence or schedule offences. Mm. And then ED has to find out where that money has gone.
0: So, this is what they're saying, no? that it starts with uh, income tax uh, departments, it starts with uh, CBI and then cases are registered and it's only the opposition and the final hatoda is the ED, which comes.
1: See, ED because it attaches the property. Hmm. So, people are, see, it's a proceeds of crime are gone from you, for example. Then the whole purpose of crime goes off. Hmm. See any any criminal person is doing a crime because of what he mm. wants to earn money. If that money is taken taken away, mm. and and this concept came basically in 80s, 1980s, mm. where against the drug mafia, Italy police instead of following the crime, they start following the money trail. The police went to even U.S. took help of U.S. police, and ultimately there were two trials. One is known as the Pisa trial cases. Mm. And one is known as the maxi-trial cases. PISA trial cases in US and uh, the maxi-trial cases in Italy. And basic concept here comes is the the criminals should not be allowed to use proceeds of crime. Hmm. And it led to the UN Convention in 1988, which is called the Vienna Convention, and then led to the formation of Financial Action Task Force, which formulates the policies for money laundering and terror financing. They have 40 recommendations and uh, they have 11 outcomes to uh, to monitor if those recommendations are being implemented properly or not. Okay. So so it, it is a world over. The proceeds of crime are to be traced, hmm. has to be seized, so that the criminals or the corrupt people are not able to enjoy the fruits of their bad deeds.
0: You know, you were talking about that the proceeds of... Uh, crime should not go. So that's why the ED comes into play and the money trail is tased. But this is exactly what the opposition says is that why is it that corruption is only restricted to the opposition and not to the ruling party? Now, you've been ED chief. How impartial, how fair uh, and even-handed is the enforcement directorate?
1: See, I remember we we were totally fair Mm. and whosoever was involved, depending upon... What cases come to us? Uh, for example, take Chagan Bujbal case. His all, all money was attest thereafter. He was arrested also. Similarly, the other cases, there was one person, Kadam, uh, in uh, Maharashtra. Again, uh, politicians. He, he got a huge amount, I think 170 crore or something for, his com- for the development of his community. And can you imagine all the money which came for the development of the community, he transferred to his banks. And from his bank accounts, some of that he used for elections and some of that he used for his own purposes. So, if the people will do this, certainly they will be caught.
0: So, as ED chief, you would have met uh, the prime minister also. How does it work? Is there political interference from uh, the cabinet, from your ministers, from from a prime minister? You worked for quite some time. So, uh, could you tell me how See, it See, there was never
1: a political pressure. Hmm. What I... But I had been told to work fearlessly. That's all.
0: Phone calls don't come, sir? No. No pressure? Who,
1: who will phone?
0: <laughs> EDK director, what's happening? Who's taking it? What's See,
1: no, see I, I had one instance during hmm. my career. Hmm. I think when I was young, DCP Northwest.
2: Hmm.
1: I had a tip with one of the ministers. And he made complaints against me. That he wanted to get me transferred out. Actually, he sent some muscle men to me and they wanted to grab some land. Okay. So this minister... So I told them, get out of this place. This can't be done. So this minister rang me up, hmm. saying, how did you ask those people to get out? So I, I told him that their work is wrong. They want hmm. to grab a land. I can't help such people. So he was upset. Hmm. He says... How, how dare you say to these two men, any criminal, I'll say this thing. So he was upset on that. Hmm. He made a complaint against me. So thereafter, uh, I found people will not uh, threaten me or people will not argue me for any wrong things.
0: Ek president a precedent set ho gaya yes. that this officer will not bend. Yes. Okay, I get that. Uh, so you led the investigations against uh, Nira Modi and Vijay Mallya. Yeah. How did they escape? What happened?
1: See, they escaped before the case came to us. Actually, hmm. uh, there was a complaint in CBI against Vijay Mallya of IDBI Bank, if I remember correctly. Uh, when he ran away at that stage, hmm. when the case was registered. And we also started investigating. He had already been out, but in Vijay malia case, we were able to attach his property worth fourteen thousand crore. In PMLA case, and second is the Fugitive Economic Offenders Act,
0: which you helped. Uh, yeah, which in, yes, yeah, which came in yes,
1: which came in 2018, huh. and Vijay malia was the first okay. person against whom we used that. Hmm. And we were able to attach more property than the property involved in the money laundering. Okay. So, and in that case, the banks have got a huge money back also. Hmm. So that is the advantage of catching the money.
0: And what happened with Nirav Modi?
1: Nirav Modi, again, uh, we got the case when he had already been out out of the country. Hmm. And his good property had been attached in India and abroad. And... um, what we found that is some of the diamonds which we attached hmm. were found to be of the very low value. Like he was selling at a huge value, but they were actually <laughs> of low value. Yes. Like in one case, we attached the diamonds as per the invoices, thirty-eight hundred crore, hmm. but its value was only twenty-eight crore. Thirty-eight
0: hundred and twenty-eight.
1: Yes. Can you imagine how much he was duping the public also?
0: Madlavo they were just pathat, they were Yes.
1: And he created such a hype. The people wanted to purchase.
0: Yeah. Because of the advertising. Yes. And At that time, you know, I was in a, uh, just to bring a personal anecdote, I was in a uh, hotel lobby and I was waiting for my car to come and there was this very sophisticated NRI lady, obviously, you know, very, very wealthy and she had come for a wedding and she was discussing with another lady and she said, last year, I had been for my daughter Jewelry. Leke thi. I bought Neerav Modi jewellery for my daughter's wedding back in America and now we get to know that most of the jewellery <laughs> was fake, that the diamonds were fake. And that's when, you know, I was like, oh my God, is this true? And then the story broke that uh, which you people found that a lot of the diamonds uh, were not real. Absolutely. But nobody would have guessed, right?
1: That is true. Because this is industry where uh, nor, a lot nor, of it nor, was on trust nor, and nor, hype yeah normal people will not be able to differentiate between hmm. the genuine and not genuine
0: yeah so he when uh, when he was caught and when he escaped uh, and then all this was found why is it that India has not been able to bring these chaps See, back
1: I will talk about both of them huh. uh, Vijay Malaya case we, we sent for the extradition CBI and ED both the whole legal process is complete there hmm. and the supreme court of that country has directed that he should be extradited hmm. but due to some reasons best known to uk he is not yet been transferred to india
0: why do they all go to uk what is your view about this
1: <laughs> i can't say
0: <laughs> why is that a haven for uh, all fugitives from from so many countries, including India.
1: See any country from where people will not be able to extradite it ultimately. Certainly, is a heaven for such people. Hmm. I can't say much about UK because the, their legal process helped and really came out with the clear directions that he should be extradited. But there are other processes hmm. which but are the, shielded in. Um, yeah. Uh, and
0: there's political interference, yeah. all that is there. But there's also this thing that all of them uh, appeal, whether it is in these uh, small countries, these island countries or in the UK and the others, they say that we, if, if we are sent back to India, then we will be killed in uh, the prisons of India. See, why, were, does, why does India have that reputation?
1: See, India doesn't have that reputation. Hmm. But it is created in the sense that some people start talking about that. In the Vijay Malaya case... Hmm. Again, this issue was raised, hmm. that Indian jails are not conducive to live. And uh, we had sent the reports about Indian jails, Indian prisons. Photographs are also sent, videos were sent. And their courts were convinced that there is no problem in that. Hmm.
0: So the Augusta Westland uh, scandal, you were uh, involved in that investigation yes. also. Yes. Uh, according to the ED, there was this middleman... Um, Kristen Michael, and he mentions Mrs. Gandhi uh, in, uh, in, uh, in response to a query. What happened there? Was, was her name involved in the investigation? See, there was
1: a piece of paper which was found during search by I think, some foreign agency, not Indian agency, mm. in which certain distribution of money was written. And this distribution of money, mm. certain names in coded words were written.
2: Hmm.
1: like family, so much amount. Now, what is a family? So, later on, Christian Vishal told what is a family during interrogation. Now, that process is going on uh, because I'm not part of that process now. When Christian Vishal was brought from uh, Dubai, hmm. by that time, uh, I, I had superannuated. So, hmm. that process, I will not be knowing what exactly he con- confessed. But hmm. there was a piece of paper which named various people
0: Okay, so uh, for your years in uh, Delhi police, why is it that the city is so difficult to police? Is it because it's too large uh, or the the force is too small? to manage it and also the political uh, problems that occur where the state government is constantly in uh, you know in loggerheads with the central government state government belongs to one party the central government the Delhi police comes under the central government these layers of government that we have how difficult is it to for the Delhi police to function
1: see I worked in Delhi police for a long period Hmm. I worked outside Delhi police also Hmm. like I worked in Goa Ranachal Pradesh, and Mizoram. The political pressure is minimum in Delhi Police. I I say it is almost zero. The pressure on Delhi Police is the time pressure. Hmm. You have to perform as fast as possible because you have the media here, you have the central government here, uh, you have Parliament here. So the pressure is of different types,
2: Hmm.
1: and that pressure puts officers to work very hard. Now, you are talking about the problem in policing.
2: Hmm.
1: See, number one, we have to understand, uh, there are various crime-creating, which we say criminogenic factors, which are not under the control of police. For example, inequality, economic inequality, people living in slums. Now, how, how their psyche developed?
2: Hmm.
1: They have, sometimes they have nothing to eat. And they become criminals because of that. And once they do crime, they start feeling, yes, it pays. So there are are various factors. And there is a population which is migrant population. Mm -hmm. There is a population which is daily coming and going out of Delhi. So this population density, the anonymity which is created, creates a problem for handling the crime. But Delhi police is using the police-public relations, the relations with the resident welfare associations, market welfare associations, uh, the public contact. So th- through that, they, they are able to get a lot of information.
0: Sir, so two things which I want to ask. One was which you are talking about this migrant population. Um New York used to have similar issues, migrant population. And as a result of that, it used to be, it was difficult in the 80s. uh, The crime rate was so high, but somehow they managed to control uh, criminal activity uh, in New York. Uh, They also have a migrant population. They also have a lot of inequality. Housing issue they have. There are certain areas where extreme, the inner city areas, extreme poverty and crime, uh, which happens out there, they managed to control it somehow uh, without increasing their uh, police force. So is it numbers, increase in numbers? Is that important? And then the gruesome uh, crimes that happen against women in Delhi, you know, whether it was the Nirbhaya case, whether it was the Shraddha case, uh, how can Delhi move away from that? How can there be change drastically and quickly?
1: See, number one is the, the criminal justice system as a whole has to be seen. Mm. A person is caught. He does 25 crimes. Take example of snatching cases. He comes out within three months, four months out of jail. He has no source of income except this. He again starts doing this. If you have a criminal justice system which, which can which is able to decide case quickly, maybe In such cases, in three months, four months. Hmm. And if these people do not come out of the jail, Hmm. certainly the crime will go down.
2: Hmm. If there is
1: no fear in the people that they will ultimately be punished, they will ultimately be convicted. If that fear is not there, then they get motivated. Hmm. So we have to improve our criminal justice system. That is number one. Number two is we have to improve the performance mechanism also today how do you measure the performance of a police force number of cases registered now what is the number of cases registered you don't register cases so when I when I was a joint CP Northern Range I used to get in the morning the report from PCR
2: Hmm.
1: so you know what happened in the city in your area then I used to ask this was a call of snatching what happened so, I forced them to register cases, where the cases were not registered. So, what happened is, my police stations were at the top in, in, in the registered crime, Not I would not say in the crime, because if you are registering all the cases, then when the criminal is caught, he has to face trial in all those cases. Hmm. If you don't register out of 70 cases, you don't register 55 cases, he is facing trial only in 20 cases. Hmm. So, that is one problem. Which we say is sometimes working of the cases, non-registration of the cases, and some of the officers, what they do is they don't let the case register.
0: because it shows up in numbers. It yeah. shows,
1: and then they they will say that I have done so so well. Hmm. The people who are getting the cases registered, yeah, they, they, they it problem comes to them. I'll give example of Mr. V. N. Singh. He asked for free registration. He was transferred. Yeah. So it happens, Mr. Nikhil Kumar tried it. But he was transferred because of certain other reasons. Mm. Some cannot, cannot play shootout case. Yeah. The, the problem is how to monitor the performance of the police. I have an idea in that. We should have a police public perception index. Yeah. If the public feel that they are safe... Even if the statistic shows that crime has increased, that has no meaning. Hmm. If the public doesn't feel they are safe, even if the crime statistics goes down, that crime statistics going down has no meaning in the eyes of the public. So that index would help. Hmm. We have to switch over the system from statistics based. Media also talks of that only. Hmm. So many cases increased in Delhi. And opposition take advantage of that increased in the statistics. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a vicious circle.
0: So the perception wali baat jo keh rahe the, that that feeling of being safe, yes now this is like you know uh, in Uttar Pradesh say uh, it's not correct to go about bulldozing. Uh, people's homes. But when you talk to the people, it is the same thing. The criminal justice system is so pathetic. So when a mafia don's house is broken down, they say it's ki because the, uh, otherwise, through the judicial process, he's never going to get into trouble. So though this is extrajudicial in some matters, if you call it, it is extrajudicial because the house breaking has got nothing to do with the nature of crime or the crime that was committed. In spite of that, people turn around and, and then there is that dar of of the police that is there. So they say that dar onan chahiye. Jab dar ho jata hai police ka, to mafia apne aap kam karti hai. So now you tell me that the traditional way of doing it, the conventional way of doing it, or this unconventional way, what works better?
1: See, the question is, the creation of fear. Hmm. Now, these mafia works basically on fear. They create fear in the minds of the people by doing certain crime in broad daylight. Hmm. Now, if they, they are taken to task, hmm. they are put behind bars even, their property can be attached. Today we have laws, their property can be attached and put to any other use. So, if that steps are taken properly, The people feel that the fear goes out of their mind and you said absolutely right. I also talked to the people in Uttar Pradesh. They feel secure and that is what I was talking. It is a perception index, Hmm. how people will feel. The crime may be there still, but that crime is not creating fear in the minds of the public. We can't say that we can make a crime-free society. It may not be possible because crime is generated because of certain other factors. Because of greed sometimes, because of lust sometimes, The crime takes place. Hmm. But if the people are afraid that they can be taken to task legally, Hmm. even then uh, it creates in the minds of other people, yes,
0: Legally, also, that, uh, what happens is that uh, legal awareness in our country is so low. Uh, I was speaking to, uh, you know, a tribal activist in central India, and he was saying that, you know, in many areas, people don't know that what they're doing, like, say, for example, the POXO Act, you know, <laughs> teenagers experiment with sexual activity and things like that and uh, then the parent goes to the uh, police and registers a complaint against uh, against a boy about his daughter it might have been consensual but the fact is that as soon as he registers that complaint because they are underage would immediately pox and then there's no bail so sal salvo as an under trial, it never comes up because they were unaware of the POCSO Act. And because people are, there is so much of, you know, in uh, illiteracy in some of the tribal belts. They don't know that those laws, they are breaking those laws.
1: See, the number one is uh, the ignorance of law is no excuse. That is, yeah. that is the basic legal maxim. But I agree with you on one aspect that the people should know basic laws. Hmm. And maybe those basic laws can be included in general awareness. Can be included in in the school curriculum, so that people are aware of their rights.
0: None of us knew when we were in school and college. None of it was taught to us in real terms. Yeah, that is true. You know that what is what is my right as a woman? Uh, what is the Poxo Act? What is now after the Nirbhaya case? Everybody started reading up, right? And. And it it also like you know the in the Nirbhaya case it was that under the um, the guy who was the under 17 who was supposed to be the most brutal oh, he got away after three years so people were like what is this how you know so I don't think people are aware in many cases about our laws yes. so. Legal awareness is important and you feel it should be brought about more in school and college levels. Yeah,
1: school and college level in general awareness also to be created. Hmm. Not necessary that many people do not go to the schools also. Yeah, correct. So it has to be created through either through social work hmm. or through political work. Okay. Both ways it can be created.
0: So we spoke about media trials earlier uh, when we were discussing. um How does that impact upon uh, policing? Because uh, even when you were uh, in enforcement directorate, if, you know, now politicians are saying that ED is uh, politicized and how does, how does you function? How does the uh, agency function when there is so much of media trial that happens?
1: See, the media requires information Hmm. to be presented to the public. That is their basic need. Hmm. The investigating agencies also need to investigate and collect evidences. Now, the investigating agency should learn about that at what stage the information should be shared with media. What happens is informations are shared with media many a times before they mature itself.
2: Hmm.
1: That should not be done. Now, the case is in the Supreme Court about what information should be given, what should not be given about the media trial and it's long pending. It is started with the in the Bartla House encounter, one of this was about the media trial hmm. and this was referred to the Supreme Court. There are other cases also of media trial as referred to Supreme Court where the, some guidelines are to be formed.
2: Hmm.
1: Either the government forms the guidelines or the judiciary forms the guidelines. Let's see what happens. But certain guidelines are required for media. What is their boundaries hmm. within which they have to work?
0: Hmm. Right. So, uh, let me get on to your uh, personal life. Uh, you have a master's degree in computer science from IIT Kanpur, then a degree in law, an MBA from University of Delhi. You graduated Delhi College of Engineering 1979. You have a diploma in information technology from the Asian School of
1: Cyber Laws. You, do you collect degrees as a hobby? What you See, degree is not my aim. Oh. Even today, I, I go to the one website, is their Coursera. I go to that and I do a large number of courses. Daily I I read for some time. Hmm. For example, cryptocurrency. I have not taken certificate in that, but I have gone through it. Hmm. For example, artificial intelligence. I have gone through it. Hmm. For example, negotiation processes. Hmm. I read that. Hmm. See, that's a hobby. Hmm. I I feel rejuvenated when I read. Hmm. I, I read about Philosophy. The Indian philosophy I have read almost Upanishads I have read, Darshans I have read, because you should know about the systems. You should not know about your cultures. You should know about what is happening around, mm-hmm. and being aware of that, you have to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. So education is my, you can say, the weak point where I, I I just want to get education. I want to read daily. I want to read something. I can't sit idle. Mm-hmm. so th- that is you can say uh, the what i what i have developed to be
0: mm-hmm. so um, i always ask my guests about uh, uh, you know persevering to keep a mental balance in high-pressure jobs. Um, Tell me something about uh, your time uh, as ED chief, as in Delhi police also. Uh, How do you uh, manage stressful careers, um, especially with, you know, uh, daily basis when you're dealing with crime and crime-related issues?
1: See, most important thing is that one should be very clear about facts. Hmm. For example, in Butl House also. I was knowing every evidences what has happened where. So, when Mr. Kapin Sibal called me at the residence of then Lieutenant Governor, he grilled me for one hour on the basis of media reports. Then I told him that, Sir, I want to show you some evidences. Then I explained to him. To begin with, he asked me then how the encounter took place. So, I, I showed him, I made a map of the site in front of him. I, I took a paper, sketched it and told wa, what is where. Hmm. Why there was a bullet at the head of that. I explained that also. So if you know the facts, hmm. if you know the evidences, you have confidence. You can handle stresses. The problem comes when you do not understand the evidences, you do not go through the facts of the cases and then you try to defend. That, that's a problem area. And then stresses come. Hmm. There are no stresses if you are totally devoted to your work. You can guide your team. You can take feedback from your team. Now in that interaction, uh, which I was talking with Mr. Kapil Sibal in the end he says, I am convinced that encounter is genuine. And he further told me that he will inform the PM. Hmm. And in the evening he rang me, saying that he informed the PM that encounter is genuine. So if you are not conversant yourself, how will you handle that pressure?
0: Did you speak with Dr. Manmohan Singh on this?
1: No, I did not speak to him. Hmm. But Mr. Kapil Sibal, I uh, Mr. Manmohan Singh was only one in, one incident. We had Delhi Police uh, week hmm. in the month of February, 16 to 22nd of February. So there, there is a function of at home. Hmm. Where PM used to come, President used to come and other dignities used to come. So as a customary, we... As a couple, we stand behind the president and get a snap done. Mm. So, I with my wife was moving towards the president. On the way, left-hand governor was standing with the prime minister. So, he stopped me, left-hand governor. And he introduced me to prime minister. And uh, then he told in in the end that he is the same officer who has handled the Bartla house. So, PM said only a few words. He says, you have done a good job. Mm. So, that clearly indicated me that PM is convinced
0: about. This is when his own colleague Salman Khurshid had uh, said that uh, Sonia Gandhi had tears in her eyes about the batla house encounter. Though he said that I was misquoted and he he because there was there were two views about that whole thing. So that's what I wanted to ask is that you sometimes hear like this or hear doesn't it cause
1: See, It causes anxiety certainly. And you have to balance yourself at that time because your team is with you.
2: Hmm.
1: Your seniors are with you. It is not that your seniors are not with you. Hmm. So if you are able to convince your seniors what happened, you are aware, you can explain them. Hmm. Even LG called me one day and asked me to explain things. Hmm. So if you are able to explain, you you need not bother. The problem comes when somebody calls you and you are not able to explain. Hmm. Then the doubt is created in his mind.
0: Right. So in the age of artificial intelligence, just as you that you are reading about cryptocurrency. In the age of uh, artificial intelligence and cyber crime, what are the biggest challenges you feel for law enforcement in
1: our country? See, large number of challenges will come. For example, we take deep fakes. Hmm. Now what happens in deep fakes is through the artificial intelligence, your video can be altered. So, now we we talk only about the photos, that photo head has been changed or something. Now the whole your video can be changed. Hmm. What you are speaking can be changed. Now if that can be changed, people will start believing this person is saying this thing. Yes. So that is one area. Hmm. Second area is through the artificial intelligence, the hacking would be easier. So there will be people who, who will try to put lock the hacking through artificial intelligence there will be people who will try to hack through artificial intelligence so the safety of computer will become very paramount right. see even today there is a concept of botnet you might have heard about that hmm. so what 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 is done in that case is a hacker goes into thousands of computers hmm. make them slave making hmm. them slave is means there is a back door is put that is at whatever time i want i can hack into i can go to the system and give directions to the system. Hmm. Now suppose, your computer has been hacked, Hmm. and a letter is written from your computer to somebody, which ultimately leads to a criminal activity. Now the police does this, they they go by the only IP address. Hmm. With the IP address, they will come to your computer. While you are not aware that you sent that letter, they have to be trained how to locate the back doors. And who actually used your computer? It is not you, somebody else is using your computer. That is the area police has to be taught how to do that investigation. Then there is a concept of TOR, which is called the onion routing. Hmm. Now what happens is onion routing is, uh, we trace through internet protocol address, hmm. every communication, from hmm. there it is coming. So there are anonymizers. What Anomizer does is, they will peel off the initial IP address and they put a new IP address.
0: Jumping, yeah.
1: <clears throat> so, you send a message, a person A send a message from India to person B located in India. But you send through, suppose some Anomizer in Russia. <clears throat> so, what Russian website will do is, it will peel off the IP address of A and put his own IP address, new IP address. Then, I go from Russia to Dubai. Again, got the, that IP address peeled and put a new IP address. Yeah. I, I routed through the 10 countries. Hmm. Then the, it comes to me, though, though I, I'll get the last IP address like a onion. Hmm. So I peel off that, I go to the first country. They tell us, if they, if they cooperate, if they don't cooperate, it yeah, is gone. It's gone. If they cooperate, they will tell us it has come from other. Yeah. So how to trace the onion routing, that is not possible un- unless there is an international cooperation, yeah. a perfect cooperation
0: correct and even if there is sometimes you can't like what happened in uh, in the Israel Hamas conflict uh, it's it's such an intelligence failure and uh, uh, there was a lot of disinformation I believe which was circulating uh, where uh, there were countries which were involved which was giving which was planting intelligence that West Bank may attack wala hai. so the entire uh, effort or international effort um, eyes were on the west bank area right. and the attack happened from gaza right. and they were overwhelmed because of the way and n- no technical instrument was used no phone calls nothing they just entered and once they entered and they did this then uh they were you know they used phone phones and things yes. like that so basically you know an intelligence organization which was considered the best in the world they got duped they got taken over. So sometimes even the best training may not necessarily because they need to be right once.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A terror
0: organization. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So how does one combat with something like this? How does policing, how does intelligence, how does how does one combat with this kind of
1: see there are two train. types of intelligence. Hmm. The one is the tech hmm. int which we say. And one is human int. Hmm. So every tech int has to should be confirmed if such type of intelligence is coming, should be confirmed through the human intelligence. Hmm. Because then you have the perfect intelligence. Otherwise, there is always a possibility that through tech int people can misguide you. There is yeah. a possibility.
0: And in Delhi police, you had that, I mean, it's been there for hundreds of years, I think, that khabri system, yeah. uh, which was on the ground, does it still happen? Uh, do you still think that uh, the, the intelligence from those uh, people on the ground who are no. not uniformed, uh, It is very
1: important for policing? See, many times perfect information comes Hmm. from these informers. That is very useful. Hmm. But nowadays, most of the intelligence is coming from technical intelligence. I see. But both type of intelligence are important.
0: Right. So tell me, sir, what is uh, retired life right for you now?
1: See, in my retired life, I I have one legal firm Mm -hmm. and uh, enjoying looking after various cases. Hmm knowing more about the systems because people come and tell the truth what happened. Mm. Secondly, I have an NGO where we have a group of people. We pick up the financially weaker section from rural area but who are talented and who are appearing in civil services exam or state services exam. We mentor them. We provide them facilities. We provide them scholarship through some people and they are very good results. Hmm.
0: What do those people from tier 2, uh, tier 3 cities and towns, when they come in, what service do they actually want to be? Do they want to join the police?
1: Do they want to join the See, it, it IAS? Is, what is their preferred choice? It is It is different. Most huh. of them want IAS, but I have found some people want IPS also. Hmm. And I remember one girl who, who is in IPS, he would have been in IAS. Hmm. And when we filled the form and showed to me later, I told him, why you have done this? Hmm. She says that I want to become IPS. Hmm. So it depends upon choice.
2: Hmm.
1: But and what mo-
0: motivates them to join the civil service? What do you think? See, uh, compared to when you joined the civil service, I mean, you did engineering and everything, but still wanted to join the civil no, service. No, I, I did
1: not want wanted to join civil service. You didn't want to join? No, not at all. Pir? See, what happened is, when I completed my MTech hmm. in computer science, I was interested in doing PhD, but not going abroad within India. So I applied in Tata Institute of Fundamental Research. But immediately after doing M.T.A.C., I fell ill. Mm -hmm. And I was operated. My brother was in Lucknow. I stayed with him. I was operated three times. Mm. And fourth time I was operated in Delhi when I got cured. Mm. So it was between 81 to 83. I was almost off and on in hospital.
2: Mm.
1: Thereafter, I applied for a job. So some people in my neighborhood were preparing for civil services. So I thought yeah I will also fill the farm. Oh goodness! So I started preparing with them. So I got the civil services first, rather than getting a job. Okay. <laughs> so,
0: so it was a matter of chance. It was a matter of chance. And uh, what if, what do you think that uh, why do children from uh, from tier two, tier three cities? What motivates them to see, join? It, the civil it is services. basically status. Okay.
1: See, immediately a person who gets into civil services, people start sculling him, honoring him. Hmm. And I, I tell them this thing. Hmm. You don't become a big man by these owners. Hmm. You have to work for the society. Hmm. You have to work for the people from where you came. Right. That is important. Hmm. Otherwise, people will control you. Hmm. People will become your friends because you are on a certain post. Hmm. They are honouring you because tomorrow they will use you. You should think about your work, you should think about your society and you should think about the nation. And it helps when you talk to these again and again about hmm. the nation, about the society. It goes into their brain.
0: Right. Thank you so much, sir, for your service to the country and the continuing service to the youth of this country. Uh, All the best in your work. Thank Thank you, you. sir. Thank you for watching or listening to this edition of ANI Podcast with Smita Prakash. Do like or subscribe on whichever channel you have seen this or heard this. Namaste. Jai Hind.